Thank you, and welcome to this teaching from Today Evangelical Ministries. Today Evangelical Ministries is dedicated to teaching the undiluted truth of God's Word. Here is Dr. Emeka Ozrumba as he brings today's teaching. May the Lord bless you as you listen. We're going to continue with the how of righteousness and holiness. And this time we're going to talk about grace because that is something that everywhere they're throwing it out. Don't worry about it. It is well with us. It is well with us, they say. Everywhere. It is well with us. In fact, right now the argument is that we are already in heaven. If we're already in heaven, what are we doing here? The argument is that don't worry. We're already in heaven. It's already made. Christ came and opened up that gate. There is no more straight gate and there's no more narrow way. It's all open. All you got to be able to do is that what? Claim it and declare it. You will have it. I, I, I really pray. I wish that it was that easy. I really pray it was that easy. So last week, we dealt with the how. And we continue with that because we're going to touch on Paul. That many people all quote and cite out of context whatsoever. And when I was, even last week, preparing, the Lord told me, said, you know one thing? Paul, everything Paul said is consistent with the word of Christ and the word of God. Except that there are people, what? Because of covetousness, because of their evil ways, they lack understanding. And they try to manipulate the word of Paul. Every time it's Paul. And this is the question that the Lord was asking me. Listen to me carefully. He said, how about this? Assuming for one second that Paul wrote something contrary to Christ. Assuming. Because Paul didn't. And we just come to it right now. Whom do you believe then? Would you believe in the doctrine of Paul or doctrine of Christ? If Christ is the one that we have to accept his doctrine, even if at all, assuming for purpose of argument, just argument only, that Paul went astray, which he didn't, why are we ignoring Christ and trying to bring other things to what? Model up the issue and the ideas. So last week, we touched on how. And then, before that, we said why. If you remember, if you listen to it, why righteousness and holiness? And we pointed three things. Does everybody remember it? Yeah. Number one is what? Because God, what? Prescribes it. God demands and says this. You must be holy because I'm unholy. So it is settled. That is all. If anybody wants to argue, the person is of a depressed, debased mind. Because I cannot argue with God. If you look at what? <laughs> if you look at Isaiah 45, he said, you know one thing? He said, cause is he who what? You understand? No, no. What kind of trust in man? Cause is he who is actually striving with his maker. This is your maker. This is your God. And you are quarreling with that God. And Paul was even saying it when he was saying in Romans 9. He said, who are you, oh man, that you would even dare to challenge what God has said? You are a pot. Right? Out of clay, you are molded. By somebody who is what? A potter, right? And then you are challenging the one who had made you. It's not possible for us to do that. So when God says it, it is settled. 
The second one will say that it is not possible for anybody to enter into the kingdom of God except through righteousness and holiness. He said, nobody comes to me except through righteousness and holiness. That one we know in, in what Hebrew 12, 14. It says it clearly there. And even what Matthew 5, 8, he said, blessed are the pure in heart. Only the pure in heart. Those are the ones who will see me. And the third one we touch was what? That actually, you see, righteousness and holiness, these are the two attributes that separate us. That's what? Separate us. That differentiate us one way or the other from unbelievers. That we call people, oh, they don't know God because we go to church. Yet we do what they do. We are, li we are liars because we are the same. So that's the way you say, separate yourself from them. But then we just went there and then talked about how. How? Can anybody become righteous and holy without God? I'm asking, please, help me. No? Let's get that very clear from the beginning. Nobody can tell you that anyone is capable of becoming righteous and holy without God. But this I tell you also, remember last, last, last week, I was saying that God is what? The initiator, the facilitator. God is the author and what? And the finisher. But who is in between? The in-between is the if factor. The choice factor. Here I am. This is my grace. Open your eyes and show you the highway. Walk that highway. If you walk that highway, I, God, will come back and complete the process. But I'm not going to do it if you don't want to do it. And that becomes a choice. So we said, how do you start this word? Righteousness and holiness. When God gives you the grace, it has to start from there. To understand, number one, that what you're doing is evil. That's acknowledgement. I own. I have taken it, my God. Inside me, now I realize I've been committing evil. What I was doing is not good, Lord. With that acknowledgement, one is able to realize that he's offending God and not what? Fearing him. Please, please let's, let's get this thing right now. Acknowledgement. I have done something evil. And then the realization, that's wisdom. But that wisdom is nothing until there's understanding. Lord, now that I acknowledge my evil ways, and I realize that this is wrong and offends you, Father, I would not do it anymore. That's understanding. That's exactly what Job 28, 28 was telling us. Can you read it, please? 28, 28. Yes. And to man he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. Mm -hmm. And to depart from evil is understanding. You see, to f I fear the Lord. I fear the Lord. I run around and go to church. I fear the Lord. But you don't depart from evil. You don't fear the Lord. I know the Lord. You know who. The only way to know the Lord is I obey him. That's understanding. Are we, are we all together there? So, not even go with it. When you have that very, what? Acknowledgement, realization of it. And then you vow not to continue that which you do. That is actually what God is looking for. He's looking for that sincerity, the willingness. So, I want everybody to understand right now. It is not a question of sitting back and saying, well, this is very hard. Because, you know, when you say it's very hard, what you are saying that I'm doing it, what? My own ability. Nobody can do that. Understand one thing. 
There's grace given to you to even be. Why am I calling this grace? No man comes to me except what? Except I draw him. That's grace. With that grace, when Christ came, it opens you what? Grace is given. That's the goodness of God given for what? Repentance. Okay, read me. Romans, please, 2-4. That's what you're giving grace for. The goodness of God is grace. But God gives it to you. Yes? Romans 2-4. Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering, mm -hmm. not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? It leads you to repentance. But repentance is no repentance unless you depart from evil. That's the understanding. How do you depart from that evil? Read me 2 Corinthians 7.10, please. In Second, the way, yes. 2 Corinthians 7.10. Mm -hmm. For godly sorrow produces repentance, leading to salvation, not to be regretted. Not to be repented. That's, that's the earlier. It says not to be regretted. In other words, they try to coin the translation. But if you read the right translation... For godly sorrow walketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of. If I repent every day, I'm repenting for what I've done before. It means that when I was saying, God, God, I'm sorry, my heart and my mouth were in conflict. Oh, please get this thing. You see, God is not man. He sees it. Whatever we do, you don't let your mouth and your heart be in conflict because you are dealing with God. God knows. Man may not know what your heart is, what, thinking, but he may only hear you and think that, well, that's what the man says. But God sees the heart. So it works that. So that now repentance. You see, that's why it says righteousness is nothing. You cannot get to righteousness no matter the grace given to you. Are we, are we here now? You cannot get to righteousness unless through obedience. Give me Romans 6.16, please. Romans 6.16. Yes. Know ye not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are to mm -hmm. whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness? Obedience unto what? Who wrote that? Didn't Paul write that? But they say, Paul, Paul, Paul said, Christ is our righteousness. We don't have to do anything. Believe me, that's what you hear now. We're going to come to all these things. But Paul was telling you, if you want to be righteous, it's through obedience. There's no other way. God will give you the grace to walk the highway. If you walk it, which is obedience, then you will. So what, how do you get to this obedience? Let's put it this way. Write it down if you want. This is the formula. <laughs> Out of the abundance of love that God has for you and I, he did what? He gave his only begotten son. So love begets what? Nope. Love begets mercy. Please get it. Mercy. God had mercy on people because of the love he has for them. And then mercy begets grace. Grace Begets what? Obedience. That is repentance. Grace begets repentance. Repentance brings you obedience. Obedience then will go to what? Transformation, righteousness, and holiness. Without obedience, there is nothing anybody can be associated with God. Forget about whatever we're doing. 
So that's that. So that is why if you look at that formula we're doing, the auto and finish. If we use one example, let's use one example right now that everybody will cite this scripture all the time. Remember the scripture said what? If the people who are called by my, my name. How do these people call him by the name? How did they come about that? Who chose them? God bless you. Please, let's, let's get it. If the people who are, who, called, who are called by my name, God's the one who drew them to be his people. But that's not enough. It does not complete salvation. Are we? It doesn't complete salvation. If the people who are called by my name, if they will humble themselves and pray and depart from their evil ways, at that point, the finisher comes to do what? To finish the job. Oh, let's get it. I am the author and the finisher. In other words, I begin, I finish. I end it. It's the beginning and the end. Listen to that. Beginning and the end. But in between, there's the if factor. In between. If you look at it, we don't have time now. If you look at Leviticus 26, right? Read from 13, a little bit from 13. I don't know, 13 to... Leviticus, no, read from 3 to 13. Let's, let's just get it that way. Leviticus 26, 3 to 13. If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them... If you, yes. Then I will give you rain in due season, and the land will yield her increase, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. Okay, let's stop right there. When you have time, thank you very much, my sister, read it. If, 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 if. But read 14. Leviticus 26, 14. Yes. But if you will not hearken unto me and will not do all these commandments, and if you shall despise my statutes, or if your soul abhors my judgments, so that you will not do all my commandments, but that you break my covenant, I also will do this unto Let's you. Let's stop right there. When you read it, it goes to the point where God said, I will punish you seven times. I will punish, I'll punish them seven times, and even what I have to do, I'll write them off. The time we come, I'll take away the kingdom from them because they don't want to walk the path I told them to do. The if factor, the choice factor, now their eyes are open. This is a choice. Take it or leave it. And whosoever what, rejects it is cursed. And that's why if you look at, we don't have time, if you look at Deuteronomy 11, okay, 22 to 28, you see where Moses was telling the children of Israel. He said, you know one thing, this very day, I place before you blessing and what? And the cause. If you go ahead and do what God tells you to do, it's a blessing. But if you don't, that if factor is there. That choice. It's your choice. Choose which one you want to do. So in doing that, that's where God, the author and finisher, anyone who tells you, let me, let me ask you this question. We said no man can do it all by himself, Right? And we're absolutely right. And that's what Paul was saying. When Paul says what? You are saved by grace. We don't seem to understand it. People will just pick it up and say, oh, you know, just grace completes salvation. Oh, we're coming right now. Grace cannot complete salvation. Grace is grace. Unmerited grace. Unmerited favor. Given to what? To us. So that now our eyes will open. We can walk that highway of righteousness and holiness. And when we do that, God will come in and finish it. How does God do it? Somebody was asking this question. How does God do it? 
God had promised from the beginning, after Adam, after a long time, he had a confidence. The children of Israel broke it. He said, you know one thing? I will not really deal with these people anymore. There's something I will do. I'll have grace. I'm going to send my, my son. But before I do that, I'll write a new covenant. With this new covenant now, it's no longer anybody coming to confuse them anymore. I don't want anybody to confuse anyone listening to this or be deceived anymore. He said, this covenant, I'll write it in their heart. I'll come now and do it. I want them to know me. No more confusion about it. Jeremiah 31, please. 31 to 34. Jeremiah 31, 31 to 34. Yes, that's how he comes to complete it now, yes? Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, mm -hmm. not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they broke. They broke, Although yes. I was a husband unto them, saith the Lord, but this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says mm -hmm. the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord. Mm -hmm. For they shall all know me from the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. Let's stop right there. They will all know me. I'm coming now, send my son, they will all know me. That's why if you look at John 4, 24, Christ was telling that woman at the well, he said, no one thing, woman, the day will come. It's no longer on the mountain. It will no longer be in the temple. It's not going to be in this banquet hall anymore. But that day will come. When the true worshippers of God, they worship him in spirit and in truth, they will know what it is to follow God. It's not with their mouth. Because God, without acknowledgement, when you acknowledge and stop, listen to me, when we acknowledge and stop, I said it is a cause because the mouth and the heart are now what? In conflict. And God hates that. Read me Matthew 15, Lord, please. 8 and 9. Matthew 15, 8 and 9. Yes. This people draw nigh unto me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Mm -hmm. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Teaching for doctrine the commandments of men. Now let's get it right. Grace is not the completeness of salvation. Are you, are you all with me right here? It's not. Grace is given to open our eyes. And I'm going to come to that right now. We'll get to it. Because we're going to pick Paul one by one. This may take two weeks or three. I don't even know. However, the Lord is leading. It's unbelievable what is revealing. But the detractors of the doctrine of Jesus Christ. You know, all of them, they're standing at the pulpit and they're preaching and they're teachers. We go contrary to tell us one thing. They say, no, there, are no, there is no more highway of righteousness and holiness. Because you know one thing? When Christ came, you don't have to be holy and righteous anymore. That's not the way to make it. Because when you bring that up, it's too legalistic. God's truth is legalistic. The righteousness, right from Genesis, God told us about this highway. 
you must be holy, I'm, I'm holy. You must walk that highway. If you don't walk it, in fact, he was telling us, if you are not willing, can you go ahead and read me Isaiah 1, please, 19 and 20. Isaiah 1, 19 and 20. Yes. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Mm -hmm. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword. For the word, the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. But when our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ came, he told us specifically. And Paul also showed us that the highway. Please listen to me. See, I'm not here to defend Paul. I'm only here to present what God has given to me. Paul said there was a highway. They didn't read it and they don't want to read it. When Christ said, there's a highway of righteousness. And this highway, he told us in what? In Matthew 7, right? <laughs> that, 13. You can read from 13. Matthew 7, 13. Mm -hmm. Enter you in at the straight gate. Mm -hmm. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leads unto life. And few there be that find it. Few there be that find it. How come that many are called, but few are what? Chosen. Chosen. There are many called. But only few will run this and find it. And they'll get there. If they don't get there, and Paul turned around and said, well, not, not even Paul, sorry. Christ turned around, which of course you know, in the same chapter. He said, not those who say, Lord, Lord. They may say, grace, 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 belief and faith, till kingdom comes. Not those who do that will enter this kingdom. But those who run this race and do the will of my Father to the end. Those are the ones who will enter. So try to understand that. That's the ones who will enter. And it tells us that's a highway. But Paul was telling us also that he was running a race. That race is a race of righteousness and holiness. What am I saying by righteousness and holiness? That's doing the will of God. When Christ came, he said, I came to do the will of my Father. The will of God is righteousness and holiness. Why? Because God is righteous and holy. Why again? The word of God is righteous and holy. Because the word of God is God. And when the word of God fails, God has failed. There is no way. That's why he warned that nobody should ever add or remove anything from it. That's how God is. Nobody should. Paul told us in 2 Timothy 4, 7 and 8. 2 Timothy 4, 7 and 8. Yes. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Okay, go up to six. Or down, sorry. Up. Okay. Second Timothy 4, 6. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. Yes, but I, then why would you give him that righteousness? Go again to five. Five. Mm -hmm. But watch thou in all things. Endure, endure afflictions. Endure Endure this road to the end. Because I, Paul, have run, what? A good rest. It's a rest. It's a kingdom of God. That's why also, look, the writer of Hebrew told us one thing. He said, whoever, whoever turns away from this race, he said, you know one thing? My heart has no desire. Read me Hebrew, please. 10, 38. 
Hebrews 10.38. Yes. Now the just shall live by faith. Yes. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. If any man draws back, the Hebrew was writing exactly what Christ said in Luke 9.62, please. Luke 9.62. Yes. And Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow mm -hmm. and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. No man having put his hand and running this race and going to the highway and makes a U-turn. What are you U-turning for? No wonder, you know, sometimes I, I never like it so much. But sometimes when you realize, if you look at it from the eye, well, the kingdom, this and that, then you see high, you know, freeway. Sometimes you drive on freeway and there is nowhere for you to turn. Once you make that mistake, you are going and going and going and going. I wish, and I tell you one thing, that's how the highway to the kingdom is. When you enter there, there's nowhere. But if you turn, you turn, you are gone. Well, I mean, we're talking about this New Testament. But look at where this is originated from. All the way from Genesis. Lost wife turned back. And that was the end of that woman. Did that woman turn again and repented? Do we hear anything about it? That's why the Bible told us one thing. In Hebrew, if you look at it, it says it is impossible once one turns away from the truth to come back again. There is nobody who will sit, and I pray it every day, that anyone who has had the raw truth of Jesus Christ remain there. If anyone turns away, it, is, it can never be the same. Even sometimes you may come once or twice, it is never the same. That passion, that excitement is gone because you left that area. That's why he was asking his apostles. I said, well, everybody has left because of the truth. Would you also leave? He said, where would you go? You hold the truth, and that's the end of it. So they say there is no highway, but Paul and everybody saying there's a highway. Let's leave it. The second thing they come about, I don't know if you have had some messages that will turn your stomach upside down. I have never seen such heresy in my life where they're saying, you know, it, there is no need anymore to repent. Oh, you, if you haven't had it, you're not listening. Maybe they're like me. I've not been watching TV. I thank God I don't watch those things anymore. There's no need. There is nothing. One of the top guys from our place, even they say it over here, all, most of the doctrine, even the United States, that there's no need for repentance. Repentance was gone. When Christ died, you know one thing, everything, that's it. Christ repented for us, and our sins were gone. So, you know one thing? Our sins are forgiven. Those in the past, in the present, and the future, you know, if somebody tells you this, what is your conclusion? What he's saying is what? There is no more sin. I want you to understand that right now. When I say my sins have been forgiven in advance, that means there is no more sin. You know what is leading the person? Conscience is civil. There is nothing else anybody says. It's okay. Let's go ahead and sin, and let's go ahead and drink and jump and do whatever I want to do. It is well. I say there's no repentance. No more. That Christ, when he died, took away everything and therefore no. But if you look at Christ, I don't even know if there is anyone who mentioned the word repent, repent, repent more than Christ. Repent, repent, Christ saying it. Right? And this repentance starts all the way from Genesis. And we don't have time to just say, say repent. If you repent about that, it starts from there. Read me Leviticus, please. 26, 40 to 43. 
Leviticus 26, 40 to 43. Yes. If they shall confess their iniquity and the iniquity of their fathers. How did they come? Is that not repentance? I'm asking. Is that not repentance? Yes, go on. With their trespass which they trespassed against me, mm -hmm. and that also they have walked contrary to me, and that I also have walked contrary unto them, mm -hmm. and have brought them into the land of their enemies, if then their uncircumcised hearts be humbled, and they then accept of the punishment of their iniquity, then will I remember my covenant with Jacob. And also my covenant with Isaac. Mm -hmm. And also my covenant with Abraham will I remember. And I will remember the land. The land also shall be left of them. And shall enjoy her Sabbaths. Yes. While she lieth desolate without them. And they shall accept of the punishment of their iniquity. Because even because they despised my judgments. And because their soul abhorred my statutes. That's because of time. All the way in Genesis, I, I, would, I will show you all the way, Genesis, all the way. Repent, repent, repent. That's the only way to turn to God. Turn away from your evil ways. That's only one reason why God raises anyone to come and teach or to preach or a prophet, whatever it is. is turn away the people. Teach them to turn away from their wicked ways and turn to me so that they may have life. Because if they remain in that wickedness, if they remain in that evil, if they die, they will perish. That's God for you. And that's why he told us one thing. You know, he, said, he said the wicked... Where is Ezekiel 30, please? 33, I'm sorry. 12 to 13. Ezekiel 33, 12 to 13. Yes. Therefore, thou son of man, mm -hmm. say unto the children of thy people... The righteousness of the righteous shall not deliver him in the day of his transgression. Yes. As for the wickedness of the wicked, he shall not fall thereby in the day that he turns from his wickedness. Neither shall the righteous be able to live for his righteousness in the day that he sins. When I shall say to the righteous that he shall surely live, mm -hmm. if he trust in his own righteousness and commit iniquity, all his righteousness shall not be remembered. Oh, most of us will go and preach and preach and say, okay, no more repentance, okay. Everything is done. He said, if you trust in your own righteousness and the person perishes then, the individual will go to hell. That's God for you because the person has not changed. God cannot live in that situation. So if you leave even the Old Testament and go to the New Testament, you say that even, even from John, read me Matthew 32, please. Let's, let's make sure there is no single prophet or teacher that God called on this earth that did not start with the word, what? Repent. That is none. But they just come up with something and say, oh, no, 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 don't even talk about it. It's not there anymore. Okay? In fact, they said, soak it. Just all you have to do is to receive it. You, you are entitled to it to come. Just declare it to receive it. I mean, my, my, my kids chilled and said, wow. All I need to do is to receive it. Go ahead, yes? Matthew 3.2 And saying, repent you, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. John the Baptist said, repent you, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Read me John, Matthew 4.17, please. And this is Christ. Matthew 4.17 Yes. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is it's at, at hand. hand. Because of time, 
let's, let's jump a little bit to the end of the Bible. Right? Revelation 2.5, please. Revelation 2.5. Yes. Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen and repent and do the first works mm -hmm. or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of his place except thou repent. Christ was asking who to repent. The, church. The, church, the body of Christ. Those people who already said they are already in. He said you have gone wrong. You better repent. If you don't repent I will come. And I will do something that will surprise you. Are you? Are we all together? Let me verse twenty-three, please. Revelations two twenty-three. And I will kill her children with death. Mm -hmm. And all the churches shall know that I am He which searches the reins and hearts. And I will give unto every one of you according to your works. According to your works. Who was? Since you read this in. The revelation and Christ was addressing who? The church. Was it the church? Yeah. I thought you carried That's why I jumped to the three. There was a lady, the prophetess, that the church allowed. Just as they allow Oliver now. False prophetess. False prophets everywhere for teachers. And we sit down and we absorb it and being deceived, we say it's okay. It's not okay with God. Because the day we come, God will not judge you and that person together. He's going to judge you, you had the truth. But he told that, that woman, I will destroy all this thing. The reason being that I gave you time to repent. He did not repent. Read me verse 21. Revelations 2.21. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication. You see? And she repented not. And she repented not. This is Revelation. And they still tell you and tell us, oh, no, 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 no. You don't have to repent. It's okay. Just go ahead and sin. Because Why? They don't want to go into heaven anymore. Covetousness and their belly is actually now what they serve as God. And they want everybody else to go. Do something with them. And they try to quote Paul. And all will be going through Paul never. Any of these things right now. We're going to go through including grace. How many weeks will take us? Only God knows. Are you following me? Read me Revelation 6.20 please. Revelation 6.20. Yes. Okay. Read me 16 then. 9-11. I don't... Do you have Revelation 16? 616. If you want to change to 6, you change to 16. 16. 9 to 11. 9 to 11. Revelation 16, 9 to 11. And men were scourged with great heat and mm -hmm. blasphemed the name of God, which has power over these plagues. And they repented not to and give they, him glory. And they repented not. No matter the punishment, no matter whatever is going on, all around us, everywhere, no matter what is happening, we still fell. People, I'm preaching. Say, don't repent. They still fail to repent. Did I tell you? Go ahead and keep reading, right? To 11. And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seat of the beast, mm -hmm. and his kingdom was full of darkness. And they gnawed their tongues for pain mm -hmm. and blasphemed the God of heaven yes. because of their pains and their sores. 
and repented not and of their repented deeds. repented not. Even all the punishment, everything happened, they didn't repent. And these people tell us, you know one thing? Don't repent. It's not necessary. And Peter was really, oh, I, I loved what Peter was talking about. Because you see, except the Spirit of God teaches you and opens your eyes about Paul, you will misunderstand Paul. Completely. And Peter was just saying the same situation. In 2 Peter, please. 2, 1 to 3. 2 Peter 2, 1 to 3. Yes. But there were false prophets also among the people, mm -hmm. even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, yes. and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. Ay. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words mm -hmm. make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. That's not because you may continue reading that. Through sweet word, you know, blah, 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 entertainment. Entertaining who? The soul must be saved. And not entertainment for money. Or let me finish. And tell you what you want to hear. So that in turn you give me what I want. I want nothing from anybody. Other than for him to turn and look up to the one who is the savior. Nothing more than that. Money cannot save you. Giving me anything cannot save anything, anybody. So I don't have to please, to, to please anybody. Or to come up with psychology 101. Blah, blah, blah. This is the way it's supposed to be. No. Nobody can change any of those things. Peter was saying it. Read me Peter. It's the same Peter. 12 to 19 please. 2 Peter 2, 12 to 19. Mm -hmm. But these as natural brute beasts. That's what they are. May Anybody, hold on, hold on. Anybody preaching feel-good doctrine or what they call, there's something they call it, my brother. What they call it? They call it motivational speech. They go and charge money, rent everywhere and say they're speaking motivational. You know what they're talking about? Business. They're, they're talking about it. They say it's motivational speech. Motiv Did God call us to come and motivate anybody? He called us to tell people to repent. That's what it is. Not feel good and dance. And then I can get it and sell book and everybody, oh, I'm a millionaire. You may be what you want to be, but that's not what they called me. So he's telling us that these are brute. In fact, cloud without rain. They are there, but people are following them. Because that's where a million people will run. Yes? Made to be taken and destroyed. Speak evil of the things that they understand not, mm -hmm. and shall utterly perish in their own corruption, and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness, as they that counted pleasure to riot in the daytime. Why would they get the reward of unrighteousness? God bless you. Because they, they spoke and went against righteousness. And I don't have time. In fact, our sister... Joanne quoted that also when we were saying about the, the repentance for Nigeria. When we talk about Romans 1, 17. Well, I said that the, the wrath of God is poured from heaven for all righteousness. People who turn the truth and then upside down and call it that lies now what are true. But when you have time, finish reading that. But Peter was also, the Lord was revealing to me what he actually showed Peter. Peter was just talking about Paul, the use. Paul did what God sent him, consistent with the word of Christ. And I'm going to challenge everybody right now, as time goes on, even on the internet, bring whatever you want to bring concerning what Paul wrote. The Lord will answer us and show us where it is consistent. And it's not against that. Because when people lack understanding, so Peter gave us what? Second Peter, please. 
Just three? Yeah. <laughs> Four, 14 to 16, please. Second Peter 3, 14 to 16. Yes, ma'am. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace. In peace. Without With, spot. Without what? Spot. And blameless. And blameless. Go ahead. And account that the long-suffering of our God is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul also, according to the wisdom given unto him, has written unto you. Yes. As also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things. Of these things. In which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures, Unto their own destruction. Unto their own destruction. They're still doing it today. Even worse now. The rest are against that. They don't stop. You see, when somebody has written a epistle, they are about, let's say for instance, 10, 10 chapters. Read the whole, not part. Don't pick one word and say this is it. But read what the person is writing. Even the chapter, right? Don't go in the middle and say, oh, this is what he said. Read from the beginning and see what the man is talking about. And we get to that. Okay, all this may be grace or works. We get to it. You will see that Paul, that's not what he's talking about. Even when Paul was addressing in Romans 4, talking about faith, it's only faith, Abraham. Then if you look at verse 16, he, he, Paul equips faith with grace. God bless you with obedience. I don't understand where they're coming from, but whatever it is, this is a situation reading about what? Repentance. If one does not repent and dies, he must surely perish in it. Are we, are we all clear about that, that, that now? Now, the third one, before we, we, we finish for today, because we continue going into many different things about what they talk about, Paul, and what is going on. They say that Paul is saying that, you know, the one thing, our righteousness, that Christ is our righteousness, we don't have to be righteous. Have you heard that before? Yeah. Our Christ is our righteousness, we don't have to be righteous. Let me ask this question, and the question the Lord asked me. And the Lord will help all of us to answer it. Can, does God impute righteousness to anybody? Hmm? If you say yes, you better tell me where it is. Look, I didn't say can. Oh, please listen to me. God bless you. I didn't say can. God can do Anything and everything. With God's spirit, all things are possible. But God, did God impute righteousness to Christ? He was only begotten. Let's get this, please make sure get it this way. Because you know one thing, it's also going to touch on the so-called thing they're using back home and here. And to all of you, even some churches about generational cost. You know one thing, I was shocked this very afternoon when the Lord told me that there is no generational cost. And we'll go through it. But, but every day, they stamp and tell you the national cause, what your grand-grandfather did, this and that. But God said, I said, you mean no generational cause? He said, there is no generational cause imputed to anybody, any human being anymore. Because when the new covenant he gave, he also changed that. I will, if you want, we'll read it. Do you understand that? He also changed that. That is, from now on, the iniquity of the father will not be put on, on the son. Anybody now is you're on your own, okay? Anybody's on his own. We, we come to that. Even up to the New Testament, you will see it. 
Okay, but maybe we'll, get, we'll not get through it today, but we, we, we just be careful about it. But then you see, they said, Paul said that Christ is our righteousness. Like the God the Father was never the righteousness of the Son. The Son had to do something. And after doing it, he said, Father, now glorify me. I've accomplished the work you sent me to do. He did something. Righteousness is through what? Obedience. You know, he was just talking about, Father, glorify me. Then he goes in again. Can you read me? <laughs> read me John 17. You can start from one. That's fine. Talk about six. John 17, one to six. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, mm -hmm. Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. Mm -hmm. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is eternal life eternal, that they might know you, the only true God, yes. and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I have done what you told me to do, my father, on earth. That's why he told the father, now glorify me. Are, you, are we... Wherever we stop today, we continue. That's why he told the Father, now glorify me. You see? Because I've glorified you. If you look at what, sorry. If you look at John 5, 30, he said, well, I didn't come to do my own will, but my Father's will. Whatever my Father told me to do, that's what I did. And you know one thing, in John 8, 29, he said, my Father never left me alone. The reason being that whatever he told me to do, I did it. In other words, if he left the Father, he had left righteousness and holiness because God is righteous and holy. And then there's no way he can just come and say, glorify me. Those who didn't glorify him and were not righteous and holiness, he drove them out, the angels including. Christ saying there, I have what? I have finished the work finished which it. thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me. Now then, I have finished the work, glorify me. But... Most of us, you know what we want? We want God to glorify us without doing anything. Now, let, let me ask you this. I send, I, I send my child. Most of you have children now. And some of you are growing. I see my brothers with little ones. When they grow up, then you send them to school with your money. That money that you sent is grace. Oh, no, there's nothing more than grace about that. You are, you are pouring your money and spending. Okay? And your grace, that money... Probably we'll finish him up by paying that. But let that child neglect and ignore everything. And you think he will pass? If you want to spend all the money, he will not pass. Because he didn't do anything. That's how God said, now Father, I glorified you. Because I finished, the reason how I glorified you, I finished the work you gave me. And the work he gave me is work on righteousness and holiness. There is no other work he gave him to do. It's to do the will of the Father. The will of the Father is righteousness and holiness. So now glorify me. Are you, are you all with me here? And you know what they turn around? There's an argument that came. Oh my goodness. I don't understand it. That, <laughs> that Christ made us children of God. In other words, they said what? The argument. Is it, that Christ made us children of God is, is correct. Please don't get me right. But you see, they translated and said, automatically, we are made children of God by Christ. You don't have to do anything. It's all over. But Christ didn't make us children of God. Christ gave us the right and the power to become. It's up to us if we want to become or not. 
You've got the power to become. If you don't want to become, that's your own problem. Are you following? Read me for John 1, 12, please. John 1, 12. Mm -hmm. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons the of God. The power to become is only when you follow what Christ has told you to do that you can say your righteousness is in Christ. Not that Christ is your righteousness. Christ, yes, is your righteousness if you do his will. Oh, Lord, please lead me. Because the Father was the righteousness of Christ when Christ did his will. Why? Because then the Father and the Christ, they became what? One. One. Through the, what he did, what the Father told him. So our righteousness is in Christ if we do what he tells us to do. That's if we obey him. That's why if you look at John 15, 14, it, it says, well, you are my friends if you do what I, what? Command you. And if you look at John 14, 12, he said, you know one thing? You are my disciples and you are my followers only if you do the works that I did. As my father sent me, also I'm sending you to go and do the same work. If you don't do it, we cannot claim that Christ is our righteousness and holiness. And there's a situation that in Colossians, right? Let's get Colossians 3. Something that some people pointed out, I just saw it. They said, you know one thing, uh, Christ is our life. But they don't understand the spiritual underlining of what Paul was talking about. Christ is our life. As long as when we are baptized unto Christ, then there is what? We have put on who? We have put on Christ, become one with Christ. Let's go ahead and read it from verse 1 to 10. Colossians 3, 1 to 10. Yes. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, mm -hmm. where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, above yes. not on things on the earth. For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Mm -hmm. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, yes. then shall we also, you also appear with him in glory. Mortify uh, oh, oh, oh. How do you get to that point of appearing with him in glory? Then keep reading. Mortify what? Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. Mm -hmm. Fornication. Yes. Uncleanness. Inordinate affection evil concupiscence and covetousness, which is idolatry. Mm -hmm. For which things sake the wrath of God comes on the children of disobedience, in the which you also walked some time when you lived in them. But now you also put off all these mm -hmm. anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, Seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. Yes. And have put on the new man, which Let, is renewed in knowledge. Let's stop right there. If now you have put on the new man, the transformation, the righteousness and holiness. He's saying all these things, that's how you, what? How Christ can be your life. Christ cannot be my life when I'm against him. Whoever is not with me is also against me. Now, we're going to say because of time. We've covered three portions only. Okay, the highway. We touched it again. They said no, no more highway. Repentance. And righteousness. We did not really complete righteousness, which I would like to even to wrap up right now. You see where Paul was saying, we are made a new person unto God in righteousness and holiness. Read me Ephesians 4.24, please. Ephesians 4.24. Yes. 
And that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. And righteousness and true holiness. That's Paul saying it. That's what the new man is that is in Christ, Jesus Christ now. It's the one who's righteous and holy. But they said, no, uh, Paul said, don't, don't write about it. We come to the point where they're saying that Paul said grace is all about it. We, we move to that. And then you will see that Paul never said that. If you read the whole Paul, not just one area, and the works, you know what somebody told me? No, 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 no. As far as Paul is concerned, he said, no works. Works can never get you anywhere. Paul cannot say that and didn't say that at all. You see, Paul was talking about the works of law. Circumcision. Don't drink this. Don't do this. Don't do that. You see, it will never get you anywhere. Those are the works of law. But works, Paul said, everybody will be judged according to his word. Works and deed. Paul, I will show you all of it. Paul is there when we come back again. But there was something I mentioned before I forget next week. That the Lord told me that there is no what? There's no generational cause. I hope that will help you when you go. I, I mean, I, I rejoice. And I hope it will clear us up. Is it when God, look at the Hebrew 8, 10 to 12. That is when you go back. The same Hebrew 8, 10 to 12, is referring to Jeremiah 31, 31 to 34, where he said, I will make a new covenant. I will not create all this. After that, the Lord came and said, you know one thing? You Israelites and you Jewish people, quit telling me that a son should be judged according to what the father has done. From now on, I don't want to hear it because this is a new covenant that everybody bears his own what? Burden. Read me Ezekiel, please, 18. Read from 1. In fact, you may get up to 12. I don't know. We'll close with that. Ezekiel 18, 1 to 12. The or, word... more, or more, my sister, 20. Okay. You, are, you, are, you, are, you are there. <laughs> the word of the Lord came unto me again, saying, what mean you that you use this program co proverb concerning the land of Israel? Listen, saying, to, listen to it carefully, yes? The fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. L listen, to, what does that mean? That the children are bearing the consequences of God bless you. The father has committed sin, so that and now is a generation that will go on. That's what they tell us back home. It's a generation, everything. Ah, it must be a generation I cause. Okay? But God told us, I've removed that. I'm not doing that anymore. Keep reading. As I live, saith the Lord God, you shall not have occasion anymore to use this proverb in yeah. Israel. Yes. Behold, all souls are mine. As the soul of the father, so also the soul of the son is mine. The soul that sins, it shall that's, die. That's the one that shall die. Yes. But if a man be just and do that which is lawful and right, and has not eaten upon the mountains, neither has lifted up his eyes to the idols of the house of Israel, neither has defiled his neighbor's wife, neither has come near to a menstruous woman, and has not oppressed any, but has restored to the debtor his pledge, has spoilt none by violence, mm -hmm. has given his bread to the hungry, and has covered the naked with a garment. He that has not given forth upon usury, neither has taken any increase, that has withdrawn his hand from iniquity, has executed true judgment between man and man, has walked in my statutes, and has kept my judgments to deal truly. He is just. Mm -hmm. He shall surely he live, live. saith the Lord God. If he beget a son that is a robber, mm -hmm. a shedder of blood, 
and that doeth the like to any one of these things, and that does not any of those duties, but even has eaten upon the mountains and defiled his neighbor's wife, has oppressed the poor and needy, has spoiled by violence, has not restored the pledge, and has lifted up his eyes to the idols, has committed abomination, has given forth upon usury, and has taken increase, shall he then live? He shall not live. He has done all these abominations. He shall surely die. His blood shall be upon him. Now, lo, if he beget a son that seeth all his father's sins which he has done, listen that, and considereth and doeth not such like, that has not eaten upon the mountains, neither has lifted up his eyes to the idols of the house of Israel, mm -hmm. has not defiled his neighbor's wife, neither has oppressed any, has not withholden the pledge, neither has spoiled by violence, but has given his bread to the hungry, and has covered the naked with a garment, that has taken off his hand from the poor, mm -hmm. that has not received usury nor increase, has executed my judgments, has walked in my statutes, he shall not die for the iniquity of his father. Mm -hmm. He shall surely, live. shall surely live. As for his father, because he cruelly oppressed, spoiled his brother by violence, and did that which is not good among his people, lo, even he shall die let's, in his iniquity. Let's stop right there. Thank you very much, my sister. From now, like I said, this came this afternoon, and we'll go again, we'll do more. What the Lord is saying, there is no, I took away generational cause. Whatever anybody does, he stands trial. And that's just. Because if you look at what? If, if you go and look at Exodus 25, and even Deuteronomy, sorry. He said what? He said, those who hate me from generation to generation, I'll punish them. In other words, if, I, if, he, if someone is born, listen to me, in a home that practices what? Adultery. And that individual continues with the same wickedness against God. There's a cause because the person hates God. But if that individual finds his way to God, that's why he said what? If you look at Romans 8.1, he said there is therefore no more what? Condemnation. Condemnation. Unto those who are there. So, but everywhere they run around and say generational cause, give me money so we can cast the, what? Generational cause. God is saying here, no. Every individual now, you're on your own. You see? Which is fair. So righteousness is not something you impute to anyone. It's something that you obtain through obedience. But God is the one who will give you the grace to move. And he finishes it at the end. If you ever move. That's why in Ezekiel 11, 19, 20, he said, I will come and give them a new heart and a new spirit to finish that which I have started. But if anybody draws back, my soul is not there. Oh, Lord Almighty God who is in heaven, here we are. For your unbelievable mysteries and revelation, we give you glory, we bow before you. For no man can actually begin to get all this, but only through you. Which is the more reason why, Lord our Father, that we pray, Lord, for your divine humility, your understanding, that we may walk that path as pleasing to you. How awful. How awful it will be, Lord, that in the end, mighty God who is in heaven, after all this, we have run a wrong race. And then, Lord, it will all be in vain. May it never be in vain in our life. Father, bless your children and keep them, Lord. 
that your name alone will be glorified in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening to this message from Today Evangelical Ministries. We would love to receive your feedback and stay connected with you. So send us your comments or questions through our website on our Contact Us page or by sending an email to info at tmonline.org. Our web address is tmonline.org. You can also connect with us on Facebook or Twitter. God bless you.